Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the internet. So grab a cocktail, it's always happy hour somewhere, and enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton. Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show. We are having a good old time. It is live from the Indoor Resort. We are on the Big Gay Road Trip. This is episode number four. Joining me today, I have three wonderful gentlemen, Mr. Billy Cliff, Mr. Jason Caceres, and Mr. Christian Lopez. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Just terrible. Terrible. Oh, <laughs> well, we're fabulous. By terrible, he means we're having a fantastic hey, time. Yeah. We're having fun. We could be melting a bit. It's 116 out, but we're having yeah, a little intense. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, a little intense. But, and we're from Miami, Florida, and then moved to Los Angeles, which are like the two notoriously like hot cities. This is. This is Yeah. 
because they're not happy. Uh, it's stressful, so stressful. And the customers are waiters. You know, the film industry is kind of like that, but I don't think we drink and swear quite as much. I plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of depends. I think it's more about being really tired. Yeah. For so my hard. first years out here, I was in the film and restaurant industry. And when I tell you, I think my liver will never recover. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem with a bad liver. I can deal with it. They give you I a can we do it with class? And all, and like say, we do it with class and we'll go out to parties and we'll go to house parties and drink and everything. Is it delivery yeah. kidney where they put you in that big metal machine? Oh, we don't want that. That's kidney. That's kidney. That's kidney. Yeah. That's not yeah. good. Kidney's not, not good. good. Oh, okay. No kidney. Oh, no. I was thinking of lung. No kidney. So we don't want lung. lung. We don't want lung probably. Either way, it's not a difficult on anybody. I went to nursing school for two weeks. Oh, good. It must be really good The iron lung and the dialysis machine. Yeah. No, I want one. Oh, right behind you. Oh, 
uh, amazing cookies. And then embroidery to you made my fantastic bags there. Put my logo on our tote bags for all of my guests while we're here in Palm Springs. So thanks to all the sponsors. We appreciate it. And more to come. Again, our guests today, three amazing guests. We have Mr. Billy Cliff, the Emmy-nominated Billy Cliff. We will be talking all about that in his history. At the daytime, enemies absolutely slaying on the red carpet. Congratulations, Dad, of course, from Huntley, Charlotte. Long Road to Freedom last year that made us learn about Black Cat that happened before Stonewall. Uh, my sister is so gay, uh, Big James, so many great things. Thanks for coming to Palm Springs. My total privilege. I appreciate being a part it. of your so much. your show and all these amazing guys with me. I'm so excited to be here. There you go. We love having you. Power couple extraordinaire. We have Jason Caceres and Christian Glam Lopez, social media influencers, actors, YouTube personality. Uh, just about everything on every red carpet I ever see pictures of. You guys are there. You're around there. Hardest working people in show business. Thanks for driving down to Palm Springs. First time. How is it? It's everything we expected and so much. Oh my more. God! It's like a little corner of paradise, but like really hot paradise. Yeah. Hot paradise. <laughs> we, we weren't here five minutes, and Christian was like, "I'm looking up real estate right now. We need to are look into getting a condo. It's so much more affordable. It is so affordable. You can actually live here and work at Burger King. Yeah, I don't mean that rudely. I mean that that's the way you can pay for it. Actually, make a base living and live here. Yeah, and that's not and live in a nice apartment. Because we, if we were to live at work at Burger King in in Los Angeles, we would live underneath the bridge. Yeah, and I don't mean that rude. It's just no. That is it's true. You can't get an apartment we for like seventeen hundred dollars. Oh, you guys are so welcome. Like I said, I want to get here so bad, but Northeast Ohio, it's easy to move back that way. I can't move this way. I have a gorgeous twenty-two hundred square feet home, brick home, one third of an acre, three trees, excellent school district. The most I can sell my house for is a hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Most oh, I can sell my house. What? Nah, I can't get. Uh, they're build- We passed a billboard on the way here that says brand new homes for one hundred and twenty thousand. I know. Yeah. Thank but they you. They were way, way out there. Yeah, get right. me to Palm Springs. I'm going to be out here, guys. But still, it's still doable to live here. Exactly. Honestly, I'm just ready to be thirty and retire. <laughs> thirty and retire. Me too. I want to retire at thirty as well. Yeah. That would be really cute if I could go back in time. Oh, you look fantastic. You've got to give a big shout out to Chris back in Ohio. Chris, my intern, is working all the boards back in Ohio. Thanks for doing all this hard work for us. Chris, pull a song up for me in a little bit. We're going to go to a couple questions, and I'll reach out to you for a song. Uh, Go ahead and send me a message of what song we're going to start out with. Let's start with our first group question, guys. Um, I'm excited to come here in Pride Month. It's Blowing up Pride all over the place. Uh, it was Laguna Beach Pride when I first got here. We had L.A. Pride last weekend. Long Beach Pride picked it off a couple of weeks ago. We have Santa Monica and Orange County Pride coming up. Let's start with a little bit of Pride. Tell me first, let's talk about coming out story. When did you actually come out to yourself? And then what does Pride mean to you, maybe then or now or both? Okay. So, uh Christian, we're going to start with you. Oh, no. Okay. Um, first, 
So setting the bar where I set it. Um, I came out a few times, actually. So when I was younger, I figured out I was gay very bright and early. Um, there was a show called Blue's Clues. And they- <laughs> <laughs> was me hot? Was that I, guy fucking hot or what? Here's, oh, here's the fudging, fudging thing about Blue's Clues. I had I had so many great loves as a child. Oh, I like going. Fully fucked it. It was Blue's Clues, David Archuleta, and now I'm marrying him. And they all look love that so much alike. I look like Steve <laughs> Blue's Clues <laughs> and David I Archuleta. I'm better fashion sense, though, because I'm, of him. I'm, 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 marrying, I'm marrying the hot from Blues Clues. Oh, I'm marrying yeah, the hot David And it's great. Like, cool. 10 out of 10. Like, live through my stuff because you too <laughs> can get the gorgeous man of your dreams. You're not that I think Jason kind of, he, he's traded up pretty well, too. I, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not a whole can of worms. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying I'm appreciative of what I'm good. I love that. Yeah, I mean, you can go fishing. I'm in the Anyway, your coming out story. My coming out story. So with me, it was not really, so when it came to my peers, I never really had to come out because I was always very protective over everything. So like someone would be like, bag, and I was like, how fucking dare, fudging dare you? Don't you say that? Or like, if Thank you, iHeartRadio. Like, we love you. Yeah, love you, iHeartRadio. Please invite us next year. Um, so that moving forward, I just, every time there was like a protest or something in school or something wrong, I was kind of heading it up, organizing that and just being in it or like being the bigger, che- biggest cheerleader. For that was where? Yeah. Miami. You pop hard the hell out of that. Yeah, well, well, yeah. I like it. I am what I am. I really drunk. Um, and uh, the cops had to take me home. And then I was like, I hey guys, I'm drunk. I'm gay. <laughs> yeah. Well, so here's the thing. They told me to call my dad, but I kept on calling myself. <laughs> I'm not there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, okay, where do you live? And I was like, okay, here. And then, like, when my parents were like, oh, what are you doing? I was like, I'm gay. Accept it. And then I went to sleep. And then in the morning, my dad's like, it's cool. You're gay. Stop drinking. <laughs> he was more upset about the drinking than the gay. I love that. Yeah. I like that a lot. And talk about what pride means to you. What was your first pride, maybe, and what does pride mean to you in general? Oh, gosh. Okay. I, I hate to be like, so I don't go to the parades anymore, unfortunately. Um, and when I was younger, they were my sloppiest moments. Um, pride doesn't have to be about pride, though, either. I think mm-hmm. pride is a, is a state of mind. It is. So pride to me will always be, I will always be a, a, a warrior for what I deem correct. And not afraid to speak my mind or give the history of my people yeah. about like standing up for yeah. queers, standing, standing up for queers, and not only standing up for queers, but I like to I like to give a little bit of queer history every now and then, like to educate the masses. And I'm but never that, afraid to speak my mind. Yeah, crucial. Yeah, I I, I, I um, that's who we have to be now. Yeah, exactly. I never I never I, I never want to be put in a box, and I never want anybody to like put my people in a box. I love that. It's, it's all yeah, it's so important to shine a light on our community right now. There's so many people yeah. in power trying to, like, you know, yeah. throw us back into the shadows. Exactly. Right. 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 Back Even in the, the smallest. Yeah. I'm in this one fun community on YouTube called the Beauty <laughs> Community, 
the beauty community. Uh, yeah. It's just a small segment of YouTube. It's a small the beauty segment. community. Yeah, it's just a small segment. Yeah. And um, I recently came on fire because a lot of the uh, other male influencers within the beauty community were like, we only go after straight guys. And I what? And oh, yeah, it was the whole thing. Yeah, and one thing I said was when you say you don't, you as a powerful gay man say that you don't go after gay men, you're sending a message to not only people your age, but the younger generation, that gay men will never be as sexy or feel a need that you want or as equal as their straight counterparts. And that's not okay. And then I just gave some really great, like, Olympians who are openly gay, uh, bodybuilders openly gay, doctors who are openly gay, a professional soccer player. We now have some professional people in the soccer world who are openly gay, professional NBA players, NFL players, and maybe we need to stop putting people in a corner and start realizing that gay is not a generic term that changes anything about you. It's just who you love, and that's great. I love, love that. Guys, we are joined by author J.D. Horn. Jack, Hi. thanks so much for coming down. Um, Jack lives both here in Palm Springs and San Francisco, and he got to be able to come down and spend some time. We didn't think we'd get to see you this time. Almost by accident. Yay! <laughs> we love a happy accident. So glad yeah. you know, we, are, we are doing group questions right now. We are talking about when we first came out to ourselves, and we're in Pride season. What does Pride mean to you? Jason, you're um, off, buddy. I have a somewhat similar story to Christian because we both grew up in Miami, which is a very, you know, historic, historically and culturally gay accepting city. I didn't really have a coming out. I kind of had it always was kind of thing going nice. on. Um, I just, uh, and that's very telling of like our generation also where yeah. the times are moving forward. And actually I did a panel with um, Damien Pelicone, who's the owner of one of the co-founders right, Mm-hmm. And he said that actually the generation after us, which is Generation Z, not the millennials, 52% of them refuse to identify a gender or a sexuality, which is very telling us. I love that. Yeah. Where, we are. where we're going. Yeah. Also, yeah. Um, so I never really had like a, hey, mom, I'm gay. I kind <laughs> of like at 14 was like, oh, hey, mom, this is my girlfriend. And then the next week, hey, mom, this is my boyfriend now. <laughs> and the week after that, hey, mom, this is my girlfriend. And she was like, I'm whiplash. I'm calling my insurance agency because, like, my neck hurts. Um, I did have one very funny incident Mm -hmm. with my father when I, uh, okay, growing, I did not know how to delete my search history um, when I was 13. (laughs) Yeah, my my father found some very suspect things. He was like, "Hmm, what is this? And I was like, pop-up ad. He's like, oh, it was Google's um, autofill. Okay. So he was like, it's funny how when I type in, like, a G, an S, or a P, it <laughs> autofills for me. But, like, I'll try to type in dog, and it's not autofilling. What do you mean it's a pop-up? And I'm like, I don't know. Stop asking questions. <laughs> uh, so he just, like, laughed and was like, okay, going to sleep now. I love that. <laughs> Bye. Have fun with your autofill. <laughs> <laughs> In the 90s, you had to ask, geez.
can deal with you holding hands, but only in your room. That's not that's not practical. That's not an accepting society. That's not progress. It's not beneficial for our society to be okay with that. Pride to me is us being able to hold hands at the same time as a straight couple next to us at the mm-hmm. restaurant and not get second glances that they don't get as well. Um, well said. Yeah, so it's not about being cautious in public. It's not about, it's about just being able to, yes. if we're having a moment and I want to kiss him, not obviously, I'm not a fan of like overly public display of affection, like if it's getting too intense, straight couple, gay couple, and go to your room. Like, <laughs> go to your room and finish it off. Don't like, you know, but if we're having a nice moment and like I want to, you know, a peck on the, on the cheek or the mouth, I shouldn't have to look around and be like, is anybody who looks kind of like ominous, are they around and watching? And is this a safe place for me to do that? Because that's not acceptance or, like, right. you know, tolerance. Which is one of the purposes of Pride, I think, too, like to, to find that out because people don't see it. Thank gosh, we're, for the first time, we're broadcasting live on ABC, LA Pride, New York Pride. Outrageous. So people are going to see this in the, in the suburbs that don't have that kind of thing because. West Hollywood, you guys have had we spent your last time. We talked about it's not always safe to do it, even no. in West Hollywood. Yeah, we're Wesley Woods, uh, um, he's a very prominent exactly. adult film entertainer in West Hollywood, was um, gay bashed with his boyfriend at the time right. for holding hands in West, West Hollywood. Hollywood. Like yeah. the city with the rainbow sidewalk. Exactly. And even in our city, and I don't want to say our city because we're very accepting towards everyone there. Right. I mean, you know, but, yeah. Even there, our safe place, we're not, you know. Exactly. Will you talk about your coming out experience and what pride means to you? Well, mine is very different because I'm just a little older. We're a little older. <laughs> we're a little older. <laughs> we have I mean, stories. I mean, the reality is, you know, I'm talking about 70. I came out in 1974, which was my first big gay bar that I ever went to. And that was at a time when you could get raided. Uh, it was a, a place called The Other Side on a highland. Uh, across the street was um, Great Blue Dot. And uh, there was a couple of other bars. And that's where some of the bars were on highland. And if you know L.A., that's actually outrageous to think about that. That's part of the cruise here. Remember on Santa Monica from exactly. Highland Island? Exactly. Like, exactly. There was, before the Internet boys would go, there was boys at every corner. Exactly. Now it's not. Uh, no, that's not, boys it's not there anymore. Because, yeah, we, we all have. have uh, front 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 yeah, exactly. We all have that way. That's how we used to have to do things. Exactly. I remember. I drove into West California. Thank you. It was far more complicated back then. Exactly. It was very difficult. Uh, but but there was a, a, a totally different era of, of um, trying to understand yourself and how you fit into the world, and that most people didn't agree with you. And I, but I knew at a, a, a very young age that I had to be my true self, and I did come out very young. And I couldn't, I actually couldn't understand why other people didn't get it, because I felt that that was natural. I never understood. I was fortunate not to live in a home that was religious. They always believed that you should follow your own heart and your right. own dreams. And I was fortunate about that. Uh, 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 with a mother who was Catholic who said, oh, my God, you don't want to have that one. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and even my dad, who was Jewish, he said, no, you don't want that one. That's guilt. <laughs> so, so just figure it out for yourself. Now, I'm not saying anything negative about those things, but yeah, this right. is what they said. 
Sure. And uh, uh, it was it was so when I went, oh my God, I'm gay. And I said that to them. And it was like, well, good for you, darling. I said, so what are you going to do? Be a filmmaker, a director, a writer, a producer, or an actor? I love that. <laughs> Tell me that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. So that was only option to my family because that's all we did. Right. You know, I mean, and, uh, of course, in that world, to some degree, we were always accepted. Mm-hmm. Even though being a hair makeup artist, I became a hair makeup artist at 20. And I worked with some of the most famous people imaginable from other Brooklyn Omri to... Uh, I've done Barbara Streisand, uh-huh. Beth Midler, and on and on and on uh, throughout my career. Uh, uh, but uh, still, being gay, you would get someone coming in and you'd feel that uncomfortable, mm-hmm. even as a hair and makeup artist, and that you'd have to like go, oh, i got to put you up for this game. And I always understood it was a story. Anyway, being proud is being a real, 100% legitimate human being about who I am, what I am, and how I'm going to be in the world. And that's something that I've always tried to be. Right. And I've always hoped that that's how I'm changing minds and hearts, is just being real. And I feel that that's how we do it. Because all of a sudden, you, if you're dealing with people who have never been with another gay person, they're going to start seeing you as a real person if you're just yourself. And they're going to start shifting. And that, I know, has happened Going to 19, we're talking about 1980 is when I started with Hair and Makeup Artist. Uh, I, was, I started with Elizabeth, Elizabeth Cumbery from uh, 82 until she died in 1995. I went on until 2000 where I was still doing hair and makeup, and I did, you know, Catherine Zeta Jones and all these amazing people. Oh, uh, so many. Oh, I, I've done so many major. I, I have. Wait, I said Barbara Streisand, you go, wow, for Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah, my mom's a. Well, everybody knows. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can go, I can like, it, it, it's outrageous actually. I, I actually have people who have to tell me what I've done because I forget. Because I've done some well, of the major. Around in the, around in the 90s and 80s, there was such a big boom about people discovering just how talented males are in, in makeup. That's when you get your Tamara Kwan. Scott Barnes, who's now the most famous makeup artist at the moment, came up around that time with you. And I'm sure you guys probably ran in the Circles. Did you get to meet Kevin Aquan? I met everyone. Kevin Aquan is. I dealt with everyone, and we were all friends, and we stood behind when we were doing Naomi Campbell. Yeah. I I used to do Naomi Campbell. I used to do Tyra. I started with Naomi, uh, Tyra Banks when she was fourteen. Yeah, you I was doing her hair and makeup starting. What people don't realize is the gay makeup artists are the reason for the pop culture. Though. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's how every, we were changing and creating. Yeah. Stuff. I used to be the inquiry. The inquiry used to tell, ask me what the next trend was. Oh my God! So I, I had be, no idea. I didn't know this. Oh, I didn't know. Well, I, I, I met uh, Billy. Like, Billy, we haven't even talked about his lineage. We wanted to go there. Billy, Billy talk about that previous <laughs> Billy Cliff, you may get a clue by the last name there. <laughs> Very good, Pride JD. What's uh, talk about your coming out story to yourself and what Pride means to you? Wow. Um, well, I grew up in. Um, uh, Fundamental Christian Pentecostal household. Ooh, down. Long hair, they couldn't cut it, right? No, no. Some no, of those. We had short hair, so we were on it. Oh, my boyfriend's a Pentecostal, and they couldn't cut the women couldn't cut. Well, their the hair. women, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The guys, but the guys think uh, the women couldn't cut their hair. Yeah, no, 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 you're so good at locking into people's geographic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I, so basically, I grew up for years thinking there was something really wrong and trying to pray and hope that, you know, that God and Jesus would, you know, take care of me. And then I left the South. And I love the South. If anyone here is going to forgive me because I'm a Southern man still. Um, but I left and I got out of that atmosphere and I went to school in North Chicago. And uh, the point where I actually knew I was faith that I was gay, I wasn't going to change. It's kind of a funny story because um, I was in history, uh, freshman survey of history, and I heard someone behind me ask the most stupid question, like the equivalent of why didn't the Romans fly pterodactyls in the war, you know? No. And I turned around to give my most withering glare, and then my <laughs> eyes landed on the young uh, man with the, oh yeah, with Very the curly, curly blonde hair and red letterman's jacket, and boom. I didn't care if he was stupid. I knew I was I just want to suck it. I'm just not. <laughs> oh, 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 Nazis, armed Nazis, oh 
and the SWAT was surrounding them and walking. Protecting them. Protecting them. Honestly. And why should they be? But not only why should they be, if we would have taken a note from our ancestors in the 60s and 70s fighting the Stonewall riots, we would have sat around those SWAT members in a peaceful protest and not let those Nazis lose. But instead, we were arguing with them, fueling them, and let them go there. We are powerful. We as a gay community are doing so much and growing, but we have to stop stooping down to people's level to try to be equal to them and figure out that taking the high road is what got us where we are and go back to taking that high road and just giving them those nice F's. I right. well, I'm going to challenge that a little bit because we just talked about Stonewall. Stonewall yeah. is risky and threat of cost. Absolutely. We're saying we've had enough. But how I'm advocating violence, yeah. I think that um, you have to keep a realistic sort of point of view. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice to be able to always take the high road, but by God, they fight low, you know. You go. Oh, yeah. yeah. The high road takes you to a corner. You get into an accident. That's what I mean. Well, I'm with, and again, going back to, let's say, the whole 90s mm-hmm. and 80s when the AIDS epidemic was happening, and we had that stuff. Mm-hmm. The reality is, and, you know, I did a documentary on this called The Long Road Freedom Now, that celebrates 50 years. I actually learned so much about how. If we didn't have Act Up, we wouldn't have this drug. Yeah, yeah. Because they were out there saying, F you, you are not going to do this, and you're going to change, and you're going to get it question now. Yeah. And we will not tolerate anything else. Yeah. And that, that continues, and I'm not, you know, I'm just saying that no. that is part of it. And what I talked to, and I talked to some very important people uh, that had to do with it, and they said we had to have both sides. Mm-hmm. We had the people outside screaming and yelling and throwing rocks. And then we had the people in the inside going and negotiating. So it's their and then, exactly. You had to have the both sides saying, we're going to kill you, mm-hmm. and we'll sit here and negotiate for you. But amongst ourselves, part of what scares me is I see a lot of, like, inner fighting. Mm-hmm. And we got to be, whether we Connected. like each other's politics 100%, oh, yeah. we prove it. We got to look out for each other, and that's the one lesson I think that I would like to bring forth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the most important thing right now, as far as I'm concerned, is that we've got to vote out this administration. Yeah. And I don't care if I'm I'm voting for Debbie Downer. My, you know, my, I, swear, I would, if Debbie Downer is the person I would, exactly. Yeah. If Honestly, I'm going to say this. I think we just need to take like four break years. What do they call that? A skip year in college or something? I want America to do like an eat, pray, love moment. Let's find ourselves. Let's love ourselves. Maybe bleach our roots. I'm going to vote for you because I think you've got a good way of guiding the country. I'm going to lie to do me and ignore want, everybody. And that's the biggest thing is I look at all the different people, and I do want you to be coming in. Yeah. I remember talking to a, a family Trump supporter, and I said, you know the reason no, I'm your family? No. <laughs> hey, and hey, I hey, said, the reality is, is we've got to let the youth start telling us what's going right. to happen because we're not going to be here. Here's and, of course, thing. they disagreed with me. As they there is a very large uh, gay pro-Trump Society, you know, like young gay uh, Trump supporters. So I'm hesitant well, to be like, yes, let's let the youth speak. I will, well, but, 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 but there still is statistically, it is a small group. But not, it is. not only that, I will say something. We can't 
judge people on their beliefs. Just because they voted for Trump doesn't necessarily that they're homophobic or this. Or this. We well, can't just Republicans can't be Republican even if they didn't vote for Trump. They, start, they started with an idea that yeah. had something to change. Right. Yeah. But now it's gone we, to we, it's terrible. gone to something terrible yeah. where uh, and I, I will like go okay I get what you where you started. Yeah. But now we've gone. But yeah, there's a difference between someone who voted for Trump and somebody who's still not. Like, a lot of people aren't wrong in Trump. They're like, yeah, we weren't wrong for this election. Like, even my parents were were like, oh, yeah, 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 maybe we would have changed our mind if we would have known. Exactly. My bad. Which is shocking to me personally. It it always was personally incredibly shocking because I actually can read people. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always shocked. When you can, can be here. Well, then you can <laughs> actually read a human being and who they are and how they behave yeah. and how they come across. It was really simple to see that this man was was, was who he was. That's yeah. what frustrated me. I think he showed us. I think yeah, he showed us the but, and, but there were certain people who wanted an idea in right. their head yeah. and decided to believe in the idea. And but we all, didn't have a good candidate. Yeah, we didn't have a candidate. Yeah, on yeah. 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 Yeah, either way, it, yeah, was, it, was, it was, it was, it was, it was, I don't want to say a double-edged sword, but it was like one really sharp side and one side that was real rusty and would hurt. Like, they both suck. Right. There's no, but like, I mean, there is one that we all could be like, hey, yeah, that's yeah. the better one to vote yeah. for. Yeah, I seriously will vote for yeah. chair. I'll just go back a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Hillary was my candidate. Debbie the chair. That I, that I mean, that was something that is really important to me. Although I would love to see Kamala Harris get it, I would still vote for that chair. You know, but I, my hope is, I mean, you give me a Harris Buttigieg judge. Yeah. There, are, there are actually some amazing you know, people. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, a great crowd. And, and Kamala, who I've met, and who's amazing. Oh, and yeah. The Democratic, the Democratic no, election is going to be a really good one. And I think they're going to, like, even show more and more. Yeah, uh, I think they, they start coalescing and supporting each other. I was going to say, we have debates at the end of this month. I think that's going to help a lot. Yeah, of it. It's yeah. going to weed a lot of it out. I agree. I think that was part of the problem the last election also, though. Like, the Democratic Party itself was very divided. But yeah. Then it's so yeah. Well, it was we because are, it was anointed. They anointed Hillary yeah. a bit. And then Bernie kind of threw this whole thing. It's like, well, we have this, too. And now it really split the party apart. Yeah. Right? And... Uh, Sorry, I think Rachel Maddow. No, it's Randy Rose. I think used to say that um, Democrats fall in I thought that's what I should do. 
I didn't know. I really thought that I could help influence people. Well, could you imagine? And me? you're like going, okay. All right. And, and she was she was amazing. And thank goodness I got her in my job. Where can we see this? That's it. That, well, mind you, not all of that's in it, but I am doing hero pieces for Ear TV mm-hmm. that is going to be uh, uh, people like her. Uh, all the stuff that was not in the, in the documentary. Okay. So that we can, yeah. uh, you know, really delve into the, all the different uh, facts. I am more than willing to forgive and forget as long as people now step up and help turn the country. Yeah, back. exactly. Yeah. And she has. She has right. totally dedicated yeah. herself. Also, Caitlyn Jenner, she she got brought up on this pedestal by a community, and then when she voiced her beliefs, that same community said, nope. <laughs> like, yeah. Nope. And, you know, that just, I mean, whatever her beliefs is, we agree them or not, yeah. as a person, the psychology of that. It was, it was fascinating to hear her talk she about wasn't allowed how, to have her how, how, yeah. how scared she was as a human being to become herself. Yeah. And you're listening to her, and I was, little, I was very heartfelt to hear her as a human being going how difficult it was to come up in the 80s and know that she, mm. she was in the wrong body. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Exactly. And all of that movie. story. She honestly, I mean, without saying it, wanted to kill herself. Yeah. Oh, imagine being and, 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 and in, 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 yeah, in uh, my first crushes. Malibu. You know, yeah. Know, yeah. Know, box yeah. Box yeah. Box I should say that yeah. because she didn't say it on purpose. <laughs> But I got it. <laughs> Jason just said it. I mean, he was a hyper masculine man. Yeah. He was a decapitated Olympian. Exactly. Do that with your mind. Understand that you, you know, you don't understand your body. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard. Like I said, being in uh, can't I stop the music. <laughs> no, I can't forget can't stop the music. I'm sorry. <laughs> that one we don't. I love it now. Because you can't help but look at this cat, right? We'll, we'll Google it for you. We'll use the Google. Yeah, can someone pull that up? And you got it. You got it. Don't use Jason. Can't stop for Jason. We can't use Jason's Google machine. Salary fine. the same. 
place they're gonna know my voice they're gonna know my face so did you catch my latest interview exes call me up when they see me in the news yeah yeah i think you know what i mean you know what i need the all-american dream ain't got no worries cause my paper's fast my baby got the round back
senior film that I ever did. And it was just a parody of whatever happened to Dave James. And um, I was uh, in the film industry, of course, and so it was an out, uh, outrageous, like, uh, event occur. And I was about to do an amazing uh, feature film called uh, Everything's Going to Be Just Fine. And it was about Elizabeth Montgomery, uh, who I did her hair and makeup for 15 years. And it was the last three years of her life. And everything was going incredibly strong. We had Christina Applegate to play her. As you can imagine, how perfect that would be for Elizabeth Montgomery, if you know her mm-hmm. name. Uh, we, and everything was going incredibly well. 75, uh, 75% of the financing was going to be $5 million project. And everything fell apart because of the financial problems in the late 2000s. And I remember leaving the, uh, the meeting uh, with the company that was going to finance it. And I went, well, well, there you go. So <laughs> fine. What can I do for nothing that would be ridiculous that I could do in six months? So I had seen Matthew Martin, who is a Betty Davis impersonator, <laughs> um, in a show called uh, um, uh, it, it, it's uh, like a Mommy Dearest type show. Okay. Right. Christmas with the Croppers is what uh, it's called. Okay. And, it, it, you know, they played in San Francisco, uh, Los Angeles, New York. It was, it was, it become really, really famous. And I saw it. And I saw this guy who plays Baby Jane. And I went, this is fantastic. He's so phenomenal because he doesn't do her like a parody. He right. does her real. And he does her real in such a way that you actually believe everything she does. And I was touching him going, oh, my God, wouldn't that be amazing to do a film and do Baby Jane and do it with him, and it'd be ridiculous, but do it real. Don't do it like people want it to think it should be, which is a caricature. Do it dark and real and take you somewhere, but also funny. So because all of a sudden I lost everything, I decided to do it. And within six months, I was shooting Baby Jane. That was 10 years ago today. That's amazing. So tomorrow night at the Cultural Center uh, in, here in San Francisco, they shot it in San Francisco, sorry, with a lot of amazing uh, uh, San Francisco people like Apple Merman and Katya Smyrna Sky and just all these wonderful people that were up there for seriously $15,000. I made a movie. And uh, it actually, when it came out, it became a complete disaster. I had some of the worst reviews you could ever imagine. And I thought, well, you stupid idiot, what are you doing? And finally, we had one screening where Variety came. And Variety did the most freaking amazing review of this film who completely got it. Because what it is, is I didn't make it camp. I made it dark. Yes. Okay. I didn't go for the camp. I said, the only way that you, in my heart, I said, the only way that I can make this is you can't make something like this completely ridiculous because that's only 15 minutes. Of yeah. You've got to, like, take these people, even though they're men, they're men wearing women's clothes, you've got to make you feel you think they're the person and they're going to take you deeper. And I even, like, reevaluated the movie to make it darker. Good. And right, saw it. And they said, this is friggin' amazing. And then finally, you know, somebody like uh, Pangoria, who had already reviewed it and said it was a piece of crap, said, we have to re-review this. And they came back and re-reviewed it and said, we were wrong. This is phenomenal. A lot of people who still see it think that they want to see a big, ridiculous camp movie. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's not what this is. 
this is a dark retelling of the same story. That's amazing. With drag queen. I'm going to be honest with you, the fact that it's darker, to me, makes it kind of funny. I, I'm going to go watch it. I incredibly agree. So, tomorrow night, I think uh, it's wonderful that the uh, Filmmakers Gallery has asked me to uh, show this. As I said, it's 10 years mm-hmm. since we filmed that. Of course, my career has gone on and on and on, thank goodness. Uh, but this is, I, I'm excited to be able to see this. And, and, and tonight, you know, right here at the Quad, I'm going to be showing a uh, a short film uh, called Monty uh, uh, about my cousin Montgomery Clift. And it, it's somebody who I feel has never gotten to just deserve to be shown as who he was and why he was. And there's always these comprehensions of that this human being who was at one time one of the most important film stars of all time for at least 10 years in Hollywood history, and no one knows who he is. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor. I mean, the people that he starred with, it's, it's every major important film actress in Hollywood for 10 years, and no one knows who he is. No, I know who he is. Oh, thank you. That I felt it was important that, that, that I should be uh, someone to take it. I used to sit there and listen to his brother for hours who came over to our house and talked about how important he was what his life was about, and all, all these different things that I put in this feature, this short film, to turn into a feature film. I hate to say, why do you think he was a remember? I think, I, I, you know, he died at 46. Okay. Uh, uh, tragically. Well, wasn't he kind of a race? No, I mean, there was he a, was. It was. And I think it possibly was because of some of the people who were in power, like the, the director. I'm sorry, my brain is breaking out. And, and it's really important in the film, uh, in my even short, is uh, there's a personal director who, uh, who directed Freud, uh, uh, who he felt killed his entire career mm-hmm. and killed, wanted him to die. He wanted to die after him. Wow. After, that. after he did Freud, he felt that that person killed every part of who he was as a human being. Well, if you're listening to us live in Palm Springs, go to Quad tonight right after the show. You'll be able to see Billy in person or tomorrow. We'll talk about that before we wrap up. But I want to talk about last time I had you on, had you and one of your producing partners, David Milburn, on the show. Amazing documentary. Uh, Long Road to Freedom, part of the Advocate 50th Anniversary Special. You have another documentary, Our Lady of the Kitchen, coming out. Talk to me about what that's about. Well, it's an amazing story. And it was funny because I, I, uh, it's an old friend of mine named Craig Oatmore and his partner, David Milburn, who lives with David Milburn. David Crocker, who lives in uh, Silver Lake, very close to me, and I've known him forever. We happened to have lunch with him, and he started talking about this experience that he was having. I mean, that, that, that uh, uh, Homeland Security knocked on his door, and it turned out that he had a painting that he'd been having for 10 years, and that it was a looted painting by the Nazis from the Warsaw Museum, uh, the Warsaw International Museum, what do you call it? National Museum in, in Warsaw. And all of a sudden, he went. He looked it up, and he found out that it was true, and that he was going to give it back because it was the right thing to do. First of all, people don't give back their paintings. Right. They don't. You have to sue to get back your painting. This is the first thing that's unusual about this. He went, oh, my God, this isn't my painting. I have to give it back. So he gave it back to the Warsaw Museum. The next thing was is that all he said was, 
plot between my husband and I, David Crocker and, and, and uh, Craig Gilborn, saying that we respectfully give our painting back to the museum. It turns out that Poland is going through a time of extreme right-wing nationalism. So they did not exactly support this idea, but they did for this particular ceremony. They went back for the ceremony, and you've got all these incredibly right-wing people standing next to my friend David Crocker and uh, 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 Craig Gilmore, and they're both wearing rainbow pins on their sleeves. And it turned out that the gay people in Poland looked at this as the most important thing they'd ever seen in their entire life. Wow. And we went. I was there uh, a month ago, and I was interviewing all these people, and they said this was the, the, the turning point in their life to see this far-right man standing in front in the middle of these two men wearing their pink triangles, and then it changed their belief system that they could actually fight them. And you're like going, oh, my God, this little painting has turned into a completely different thing yes, than yes. everything it could ever possibly. Yeah, it wasn't. Exactly. It wasn't just giving you back the painting. No, it was gay men giving back the painting, which changed everything. So, exactly. And it changed everything. So I was, I was immediately when I sat there and listening to it, even before I went to Poland, going, this is fascinating. We're going to find lots of people interested in this story. And it continued to unfold. And I'm so excited about that this is my best documentary. Congratulations. To tell, and I have devoted my life to understand that I have got to forward the LGBTI on and on uh, storyline. No matter what I'm doing, I am no longer going to do anything else but because that's what we have to do. That's amazing. I love that. Exactly. Cheers all around. Cheers. There you go. Inspirational. <laughs> and then from going to the inspiration to the absolutely fun, um, we of a certain age on half the panel here remember Family Affair and Buffy and Jody and Aunt Sissy. Uh, and since he's actually mom to one of our great sponsors, Scott Travis, from Travis Hunt Productions and CBT Candle, you are part of the new Anthony series. Talk about that for a second. Well, it's, it's fun, you know, because I, I grew up on her. I grew up on Family Affair. It was actually very incredibly, and, and most people don't know the series, but it was actually incredibly intelligent because it dealt with situations in, in a way that was coherent. You know, I mean, you really, every time, it wasn't a, a, an outrageous comedy. It was about a family and how they dealt with each other. That's why it was called Family Affair. And uh, Brian, Brian, Brian Keith, Keith yeah. who was an amazing major film actor who went to TV. And then you had uh, Buffy and Jody, the two children, and then you had uh, Sissy, who was the oldest. And they all came to, to live with Uncle Bill. Speak. And then they had a, a housekeeper called Mr. French. So we're actually taking this to, there's my boyfriend, hello. Uh, <laughs> we're, taking, we're taking it to, this is now, this is Sissy, many, many years later. And the same situation is happening, is that her, her sister, Buffy, has passed away. They had a, a very uh, difficult experience through many years and then stopped contacting each other. And all of a sudden, two twins show up at her door 
right at the at the moment when she's going to stop doing everything she's doing and run away and start a new life in another country. And here they come and, and they show up at the door. And, and it's, it's uh, Michael Vaccaro who wrote the script along with a little decoration of my own. But Michael Vaccaro is a wonderful uh, writer. And um, it's going to be fun to to uh, this is a web series and it was great. I just got a good call about. I can't wait. It should be great. Kathy Garver, the original star of the original series. No, we'll be shooting in Los Angeles. Kathy Garver, the original star of the series, coming back to reprise it. She has a star here in the Palm Springs Walk of Fame. So very, she has on the program to it. Uh, I always thought, I mean, I always thought that Family Affair was kind of like the B-side of Courtship of Eddie Father. Oh, I love that. When you had the cute Bill Bixby versus poor old uh, uh, Uncle French and uh, Uncle Bill. Exactly. Yeah, I must admit, though, as a kid, I was taught for a Mr. Hello, another child would crush it. You know, he was bearded. He was bearded. And I must admit, I wanted him. I mean, we've seen your boyfriend through the window. Exactly. Exactly. You have a type. Mr. French was daddy. Mr. French was daddy. He was daddy before daddy. Exactly. Exactly. I can't remember my name. Exactly. Big 
club kid in Brazil for many, many years. He's very, very well known in Brazil. And he came to America, and he wanted to do a few songs. And this is the one thing. And he, he reached out to me to direct and, and edit and write this, this, this music video. Because that's something that I love to do. There's nothing more fascinating than doing uh, music videos. Uh, I'm just about to do another amazing music video at the end of the month called Lovers. And it's going to be all different parts of what lovers are from Elsa, from uh, trans, LGBT, from everything. And it's already got distribution in New York. Oh, and nice. But uh, it, it, this is uh, uh, actually being distributed in seven countries, Bonsai. Very cool. Uh, uh, out of Australia and going to, you know, so I'm very excited about that. Look that up at all you people because it's a really wonderful music video with amazing people about making a statement about LGBT issues and also anybody's issues against that regime of Brazil that's happening right now. Congratulations. That is fantastic. Let's move on to Mr. Jason Caceres, and I'm going to say his name 12 different ways because he's yeah, he I've heard before. every iteration of this uh, possible. <laughs> I, I'm prepared. He said it differently. I don't like it. I, I get Caceres, <laughs> I get Caceres. We talked oh, about once before. He's got, he's got a how he's talking. Yeah. There you go. He, he's, he's very either overexcited. Like, he tries to sound like more like sexy. Like, like, yeah. That's <laughs> okay. Because I'm going in for, like, sexy Latino or whatever. Yeah. Jason Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. Like, what do you want? Yeah. I'm not mad at it. I was going to be mad on it. Um, I think two days ago, you were like, you're in the sun for five minutes and you're already super brown. And I'm like, that's why I try not to sun in LA because, like, I want to be. I'm going to be very dark. I want to go for every role. I know if I have a Latino audition, I can go outside and tan and look like every member of my family. Many different things. Exactly. So and, I try to and as a director, I will look at somebody that I can shove in yeah. every different kind of possibility. Well, there we go. Yeah. Well, we are lucky to have you on the show today. You are, of course, an actor, social media influencer. We'll get to a bit. Um, just social media in general is amazing. Let's go into the acting. I want to dig in. We've talked a little bit in the past. Boy Culture, one of my favorite books, one of my favorite movies. This is now coming out as a series. I want you to talk about that. Um, what's our timeline on that? Talk about what you play and the series in general. Okay. Well, as, um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar. Boy Culture was a, a 2006. Uh, it became a cult classic. Yeah, it was uh, And it was a wonderful book written by Matthew Rettenman beforehand. Uh, and the movie actually very closely follows the book, which is something that I admire from any filmmaker. Like, stick to the book as much as possible, but, like, take some creative liberties. So when the movie is nothing like the book, like all you did was take the name, <laughs> right? And the right. fans are left wanting more, yeah. right? Uh, so, Alan Broca is attached to this series, and he directed and uh, helped co-write with Matthew Rettenman uh, the series. And Alan Broca is notorious for the Eating Out movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, right. he's created a huge name for himself in the uh, in the LGBT market. Um, so, Boy Culture actually stars the two original stars from the movie, so Derek Magyar and Daryl Stevens come back and reprise their roles, which is fantastic. Um, we don't have Joey from the original movie, but that's where I come in. So thank you, Joey, for not being available. <laughs> uh, Bye-bye. Exactly. So <laughs> take Joey. Uh, at the end of the original movie, Google. I guess it's not a spoiler because it came out in 2006, so if you don't know this, it's Googleable. It's not a spoiler. At the end of the movie, Derek uh, X and Daryl's character, um, whose name is slipping my mind at the moment, uh, end up together. So the series picks up 15 years later 
and that relationship has not worked out. So Derek's character X is um, without having any other means of income, has to try to turn back to hustling, as it was called back then. Back of the day. Cut to my character who comes into his life and is trying to showing him like the new ways of society. We don't call it hustling anymore. We don't stand on corners and build a client book. Um, and I'm saying we as if I speaking in the right. series. Right, sure. Right, of course. Right. The royal we. The no, royal we. Exactly. Hustler, darling. Exactly. Well, you know, for other ways aside right. from what is portrayed in the movie. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so my character comes in and is teaching him about social media and building an OnlyFans account and working for, like, a company that protects sex workers and the rights that they have now and how it's not as shady or as dangerous as it was back then. Um, so he's kind of like a modern-day sex worker slash advocate um, who is trying to We're guide trying to X. Yeah, trying to guide X in today's modern society right. um, and how to build his income in a more successful way than just standing on the street corner and waiting for a client to show up. Um, which is okay. Which is okay, too. Yeah, if that, but if that's your yeah. business, there are better ways to go about it nowadays. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my character. I play Chase with a Y. Chase with a Y. It's very important to this series. Um, why? I don't know. I don't know. But it's uh, why? I do like that because they cast a Latino, Matthew gave me some freedom. It was like, if you want to rewrite some of these lines oh. to Spanish, oh my God, that's we would love that really? because it would open up the market. And I was like, uh, hold on. Me. Give me five seconds. Writing criticism. I like oh it. God. I didn't oh negotiate God. a writing credit, but Matthew has more than earned his, you know, <laughs> nice. I would never yeah, really, really good. Yeah, those yeah. Three yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like anywhere in America, you can't go five steps without acknowledging Latino culture. We have made such a huge right. impact. <laughs> exactly. You're stupid if you don't. Um, <laughs> I, I take it open. Um, so we finished the series uh, at late last year. It, from what I've heard, it has just finished editing, and it is currently in negotiations with X, Y, and Z that I can name at the moment. Debbie, Debbie, um, and Debbie. But it is Debbie. going to be more mainstream than the original was, should these mm-hmm. contracts end favorably. Well, could not be that old. Oh, yeah. And it's a, it's a six-episode miniseries, so it's a, it's a really quick binge watch. Not quite mm-hmm. be that old. It would. <laughs> and it's it's out there. It would be absolutely fabulous. And that's what's exciting about Netflix is it's so shit thing. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Was that you, uh, uh, Sky, about the paraplegic? Pe- oh, my God. Oh, oh, so that's brilliant. Is that brilliant? Yeah. Jim Parsons produces that. Oh. That guy just thinks so it's smart. Been, and it's, it's a 10 episode miniseries, 15 minutes long. It's just, this is. I think you really pay attention to that to make sure that it is a good project. I think 
you read things over well. What draws you to a project, and what what characteristics something have to have before you will put your stamp on it? It has to read well. <laughs> it has to read absolutely well. Um, but I am really, really driven to anything in the LGBT market because uh, I am an advocate for the LGBT community, or I like to think I'm an activist also. And growing up, we didn't have many uh, LGBT films or TV shows, so we were starving for content. We had to like watch uh, Queer as Folk under our bed sheets at night because I was 13 and didn't have like HBO, so I streamed it somewhere right. Showtime. Um, any European English show, I streamed under my covers at 2 o'clock in the morning because America didn't have them. But England had them. They had a fantastic diversity in their program. So I was I watched anything that came out of their telescope and they were intelligent about it. Um, so anything LGBT related, I'm like, yes. I mean, one of the first things I did when I moved out to Los Angeles was actually um, with Billy Cliff. He uh, was director of photography for it, a series called Now What on Your TV. And that was, it was, I had a very minuscule part. And it was somewhat, I was a lot younger, and it was a little bit provocative. I was like, I don't know if I should do it. But then we, Christian and I spoke about it, and we're like, it's LGBT content. It reads well. It has a message. Sure. Do it. It was such a long time ago. We looked, what, three days older? Four oh days God, older? Thank I you. I do. Um, you know, I actually have to wear five. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Oh, wait a second. That's good for okay. But... I was so, I don't know if you could tell, but I was so nervous I, all day on set. I could, you know, because I also did hair and makeup, right? Because I've been hair and makeup for so many years, and I'll do whatever they need to pay me for. And I remember sitting in the Thank back. You. I was sitting in the back with you before it happened, and I could tell that there was a, like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? And, and yet mm-hmm. you were... Uh, you did an amazing job. You're incredibly natural. And you did what you were told beautifully. Uh, and it's a really nice episode as well. And it was. It, it, it did play well. The, the Now What episodes on your TV are actually very real. Right. They're, they're, they're very real about talking about issues that we don't talk about, which is that after you've had sex, what does it feel like? That's really what, what happens it, after. What happens after. It really isn't about the sex. It's about all the different aspects about what occurs afterwards and right. how you feel. Because we've all been there. That. That's a full-fledged person. Exactly. exactly. All about being exactly. And, and we've all been there. Not a gay person has gay, gay sex. sex. You are a gay man. Exactly. And he did a beautiful job. all the time on my own social media and, like, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, because most of the projects that I do take on uh, require a level of sexuality um, and, and practically openness. Practically yeah, nothing on. He just, really my Instagram. He just had a little but, wrap around his whatever. But the thing but, is, I use that, or I feel like I use that very well to my advantage because, unfortunately, yes, it draws attention and people are driven to it and are like, ooh, what's this about? There's ads in the chat. What is it? And it's like, oh, now I got you. Now you have to sit here and watch this and then think about why you came to watch it to begin with. Exactly. Yeah, Perfect. like what drew you to it? Um, and for if example, a penis brings you in, exactly. it's okay. Right. Because right. all of a sudden you started thinking, exactly. like a worm on a hook. For, for example. example. Yeah. <laughs> if a penis brings you in, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> because I mean, right. all of a sudden you stayed for the message. Exactly. And, and if you're smart, you're going to go, oh. Like first you're going to go, I want to see more. And then you're going to go, 
Oh, this actually means something. And, it and me as a gay human being. And when you're good, it transitions that they don't even realize the first part. No, and he's, partnered a, with, he's a really uh, good actor. Thank you. He's very natural and real. I and, try. you know, there's another project that I'll be addressing with photography that, that, that we'll be working with that. It's not no, a I, I know. We don't talk about that. He's got many things to talk about. He's got many I was told it was the right Oh, I haven't gotten to talk about that. Okay, yeah. Well, that's because we make a phone call about it. There you go. But basically, for example, on Instagram specifically, I just partnered with a nonprofit organization called Modern Modern Exodus. And they work with out other countries. LGBT people in danger in these developing countries where they live in under severe anti-gay laws, where their lives are threatened, not just like their well-being, their physical lives are threatened just for being who they are. So uh, I partnered with Modern Exodus who helps to provide uh, visas, first month's rent, an airplane ticket, and job placement to these individuals from these countries. Oh, my God. Um, only $6,000 covers it oh. per person. Wow. Um, so the way I delivered that message on Instagram was they partnered with Painted Tat, which is a tattoo company that uh, printed hashtag uh, this could be me, and I placed it on, you know, my abdomen and stuff, and was like, ah, oh, now that you're here, by the way, how about you take a moment to click on this website and read up on this message, and uh, it did really well, because Very that, cool. unfortunately, that attracts a lot of people. It's just what it is. But if we use it to your story and make it work. Exactly. exactly. I know my husband's listening. This is a cause you should be looking into, Mr. Weissman, so I hope you wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, very important. Uh, and I actually, why is that? Why is Something that really shocked me is when I posted those photos, I got a few messages from people who follow me in those areas asking to be connected directly to the CEO because they live under those life-threatening circumstances wow, and they want to take advantage of the program yeah, that they amazing. were unaware of before. I'm so excited to hear all this information because, of course, I did meet you so many years ago. Mm-hmm. And you were just a little fresh. No shy him in. Yeah. And it's so, and of course, I met you at so many different uh, events. And events. And, yeah. But it's so exciting to hear how you've evolved. I'm glad. It, 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 it makes me, as an older, who's, you know, only 32. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were part of that. Thank you, John. You were part of that. You see this evolvement of our youth. Makes me feel, you know, that's why I did a There's a new generation. It's because I, and I've told this so many people, is that our new big generation is going to, are going to do something. There's even another generation for these guys. These guys are leading the pack of showing them. And so it excites me, and like, I am totally blown away by what you guys are doing. Let's talk about the adventures in the store, Joseph. It's kind of fun, kind of. I like that. Talk about that. a little light. Lighter hearted than uh, my previous work. It's a camp, but it still has a message. It's a, a campy. Life, life is good. It's a, it's a campy romantic comedy um, called The Adventures of Nurse George, which is about a group of nurses. And this program actually exists in the United States. A group of nurses that get together over the summer in Big Bear and they gather HIV prevention materials and educational pamphlets and programs and prep. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm getting to it. And they take it, they take all of this after they gather, like, vials of prep and educational pamphlets and train their nurses. They actually take caravans down to impoverished cities in Mexico 
to educate the masses and deliver this. Um, so the movie, written by John Lincoln, uh, is a campy comedy about that. There's a group of sick nurses that go up to this retreat to carry out this program, uh, and they each get to bring, like, A plus one to help. So I play Jack. The nurse is my grandfather. I'm reluctant to go, but I, Jack is an Instagram model who is very, very into himself and superficial. Um, and he's like, yeah, free vacation. I'll go with you, grandfather. It'll be fun. Um, so not into the program at all. But through the course of funny happenstances, he ends up lusting over, I don't want to give the ending, but lusting over the lead character who runs the program. Um, and things happen. Nice. Have to watch, I like uh, it. You know, figure out the rest. Very cool. And then you also have another uh, sh- a short film project coming up that you're going to be shooting pretty soon. Talk about that. For the, what can you? Yes, we You shoot. Hollywood types can't tell us much. What can you tell? It shoots next Monday and Tuesday, so I get very little rest time after this. Um, it's called Just Desserts. It's uh, part of uh, Babu Studios' Erotity Collection. Um, it's a, a thriller. It's a short film thriller. Uh, I guess there's not really much there a positive message about it. It's Stephen Michael. Um, he's uh, producing, directing, writing. Um, and it, it's kind of... Directing, writing, producing? Yes. Yeah. A man of many... No, I understand. It's what you have to do. Exactly. I mean, you know. Yeah. You know. You have to do everything you can. And he does. I have. I have. I don't like to, but I have to sometimes. There you go. I'll do whatever I have to do. So that's shooting for Monday. Monday, and that's going to be kind of fun. Yeah, we're shooting somewhere near the Mexican border. Oh, wow. Which should be exciting because I've never been that far south out here. Oh, wow. Uh, who knows? Maybe Christian and I will take a spontaneous trip to Tijuana. And maybe. It's really fun as long as you got a password. And it's really only an hour and a half. Your password. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. We figure it out. You know, it, I swear. Go to, go to Seniors for lunch. It's fabulous. Okay. Anyway. Well, thank you very much, Jason. Casados, we appreciate you talking about that. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be doing your other half, the wonderful Mr. Christian Glass. And author J.D. Horn. Chris, go ahead and play us out. Let's do a little Frankie Grande. This is Queen. Celebrate the fabulousness that we are here. In beautiful downtown Palm Springs, the Indoles Resort, you're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on Left of Straight Radio Network. Take it away, Chris. When I was nine, I saw this awesome documentary playing hip clips from the 70s. You know when Ziggy played guitar, it was the hair, the shoes, the glam, the booze, the ensemble and their glistening hues. They drew me in with their doe-eyed blues and I dreamed of being a star, a rock and roll fan, queen of a rock and roll I'm an icon, baby, an institution. Nothing short of a miracle, inspiration. And I'll carry the torch for this rock and roll.
goodness. So about a year ago or, or, or more, um, I had the opportunity to film a movie in San Jose with director, writer, uh, Mark Schwab. Uh, it's an LGBT thriller. Uh, it revolves around the crisis hotline and how, I hate to say like, you know, six degrees of separation. It's kind of a very clear pathway where it's like you have two degrees of separation as a gay man on your phone from like some real stuff. <laughs> right. Um, and Billy Clifton, Stan Zimmerman, if you wanted to be Yeah. <laughs> Dan Zimow. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I interrupted his chain of thought. Oh no, it's fine. I need some time to pick up. My boy, well, it's okay. We're interrupting this. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> and it the the film itself was just such a joy to be a part of, and it's funny because uh, Mark Schwab uh, actually reached out to me to audition for the film because um, I, I say it very openly. I'm, I am the type of person that will read a breakdown and be like, no. Um, and unfortunately for this film, when I read the breakdown, it was like, nudity, LGBT film, da-da. I was like, no, thank you. And then when Mark actually called me, and was like, just before you even agree to audition, can you read my script? And let me tell you something. That means he was confident in his script. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, if I said no to your audition, you're like, read the script. Yeah. Don't judge it by what they did. Nudity is a very, we have this discussion a lot between us so, because we've been together. Yeah. So we're like, a backstory on my part. Yeah, a backstory on my part. I actually had a more successful social media uh, presence before the one that I have now under Christian G. Lopez. Our first interview, you touched on this. Right. Um, and I got into this beautiful world of makeup, and I really love it. I love makeup. I love every aspect of it. I love transformation. I just, I mean, like, it's it, I never take anything too seriously that you can wash off. It's always been my mentality. So do as much craziness as you want with it and just do it and just take whatever pictures you want or don't take pictures. Um, so I had this social platform that I've grown for years and um, I finally did makeup and I was like, damn, this makeup looks great today. So I posted a picture on, on my old Instagram and um, I lost 2,000 followers. And then I posted another one because I was like, I need a test. Are they losing me because they think of that it up? They did. So um, once I lost another thousand followers, I went from I, I I don't even want to say the numbers, but I lost just a jaw dropping amount of people those, mm-hmm. those last few days. I um I decided, you know what, if you can't appreciate me for being me, you don't deserve me. Bye. That's that. part of what drove him to agree to do this. Yeah. So I stopped. And I created my own new Christian Glam Lopez persona and stuff like that. And Mark Schwab, when he called me, he was like, read the film. I actually had a conversation. I was like, look, I'm not okay with being this, that, and the other right now. Like, this was during that whole time where it was, like, right. I was losing thousands of followers. And, right. and he, he was just like, read the script and um, let's talk about it. When I talked about it, he was just so open and was like, you're going to be so respected the entire time and just want the storyline to be told. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Okay. And um, it's funny because I did all this prep work for my character, Danny. If you guys watched Christ's Hotline out today, Danny, look at me plug with something. Um, <laughs> the character I play in that film is so against every person I am. It's weird for me. Like, I watched the movie with one of the rest. But it was a fun to play, though, since you get to play such a good It's so crazy. Um, Yes, it was so fun to play. And in 
you just, well, if you're any of my castmates on it, this is for you. I literally, everyone in that cast was like six foot tall and just rocked dead gorgeous. And then there was me who was like real cute, but like <laughs> drop dead gorgeous, yeah. drop dead gorgeous. But it's like, it's like, I, you know, like, like if you put us all in a group with no like caption, like I'm the fun young brother. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like I, like I, like I get it. I, yeah, I'm the fun young brother. Yeah, and um, so I, I made that being said, when I saw the entire cast and I saw the characters they were playing, I made some really great choices, um, and I stand by them a hundred percent. And um, I felt that as the lead of the film, I should not only um, do the character justice, but do everyone acting around me justice, and that sometimes means not being the most overly emotional person and just accepting that everyone around me is giving these really powerful performances and I just got to sew them all together because we're a cast not an individual and um beautiful yeah we all worked really well together that's amazing and um I am damn proud of what we did. and where is this to be seen uh so right now uh we are on a few platforms we are on Amazon iTunes Red so you can Buy us on Redbox, not Rents on Redbox, Fandango, the same thing. Um, Xbox, PS4, basically anywhere you can purchase a movie, you can get it. And um, they're doing this for a few, for a little bit, and then hopefully we will appear on some streaming things. And, um, but yeah, man, it's a good, it's a good chunk of film. I must, and I hate to say that because like, it's like, oh, but I love marathon. I love, <laughs> I love the movie. Yep. Not terrifying, so they, like, ah, I'm scared. But like, did they go straight into these platforms as opposed to any of the film festivals? So we had, we had, we had a few options. And that was, do. yeah, they, um, so when they released the trailer, they were, uh, from what I know, I was, as the actor, I wasn't told all this stuff. I wasn't in control. Yeah, I wasn't in any of the control, but they were approached by High Octane. Um, productions and they actually picked up the film and they said let's not put it in film festival um we got accepted into a few times so we didn't um and they're like let's just um let's put this in market well the reality is is sometimes when you do a film festival you, mm-hmm. you know like when i did i've done a lot of film festivals mm-hmm. my, my film and a lot of times especially in the last few years they say you just do a few film festivals. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I uh, my uh, my doc when it came out and Outfest as a big huge thing for Outfest, and then they had two others and that was it. Yeah. They said we don't want to overdo it. We want those same people that would go to the film festivals. We want them to watch it on uh, yeah. on the different things. So don't oversaturate yeah. the market. You know, we did Outfest because Outfest is the biggest thing yeah. to possibly oh, be in, of course. Right. And we were at the. Uh, um, the Academy uh, Theater mm-hmm. on Wilshire, we sold out. Yeah. You know, so it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then, done. You know, and that's the smartest way to go these days. Because yeah. if you put it in everything, on it's all the different... And so we, yeah, and then they're not going to see it. So we got into... It was the Americana, which was the big one. Yeah. Um, we got into it, and um, when they pulled okay. it, I was like, ooh, you're pulling it. No, they have an award that I could have won. Me too. I want awards. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, yeah, I, but I mean, I know. Hearing Mark, yeah, hearing Mark talk about why and just all the greatness that High Octane gave to the film, 
I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. I 100% agree. An hour doesn't go by where there's not a different reviewer just being like, this is the performance, and this, and the other. I actually had to, like, I would be like, "Mm, maybe not, because it was like a roller coaster of emotions for me for a bit. Talk about this transition for me, though. You're going from from a YouTuber and selling yourself and working by yourself to being a lead of an ensemble. What kind of a oh, position was that? Let's talk about that exciting? world. Yeah, um, I'm very, I'm very like, put me on a box and I will command a group of people. I am very much into like, that girl. yeah, just me. It's me. Look at me. I'm loud. Like, um, so ensemble people, I'm commanding an ensemble people. Um, like I spoke about it earlier, I made a choice as the lead of the film to portray a character in a certain way to sew everyone's character together instead of just being like, I'm going to overact everybody. And that's a very hard choice for me because, like, of course, you it always... It could be a word. Yeah. <laughs> I love training. I want a full focus. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but, like, yeah. you know, people don't get awards anymore if you overshadow everything. You know? You're yeah. the unsigned hero, and that's who we look at. Yeah. So that's great. And... I don't know. I, again, I just watching the film and just knowing what it took to make the film and love just it. knowing. Um, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I love it. And I'm very I will happy. See it. Well, congratulations I will on the opening. Thank you. You brought up something I want to bring to both of you guys because you guys are social media influencer. How much does that pull into your personal perception of yourselves? You lose 5,000 followers, 2,000 followers. How do you separate that from this is a social media thing to this is people unfollowing me personally. So how do you deal with that? Fortunately for me, I've always been the person, if you knock me down, I'm going to get up and go towards you. So when I got knocked down and lost those followers, I made the decision that I wasn't going to sit in my room and cry about it. And I'm not, and I won't, and I'm going to stand up. And now you don't like me wearing makeup. So now I will no longer post pictures of the house makeup. Goodbye, (laughs) cutie that you were following. Hello, Glamazon. Welcome to me. Um, and also because yeah, like three years. Yeah, and you know what? And maybe in two or three months I'll go back to posting like what got me there. But honestly, but right now, yeah, I don't want any of those people following me. You don't deserve these photos. And then all these other people are like going, okay, yeah, I'm gonna follow you because of the society that we grew up in, which is so different than you mm-hmm. know, our parents, you guys, have the people of us. <laughs> that, and unfortunately, and I know this sounds silly to people outside of our age group, um, but social media is a constant conversation in our life, yeah. and it's kind of like the third person in our relationship, uh-huh. because we can't do anything without um, either posting it online or someone sharing it online or uh, it's your world. It's, yeah, it's our, it's our world. So unfortunately, like when that happened, we had the conversation, well, they don't pay our rent anyway. So what do you want to do with your life? Exactly. Like, I like makeup. So let's, let's dive into makeup. Let's yeah. do it. Whatever. Yeah. And by doing that, you're empowering the generation Z that's coming up. After yeah. Let's love makeup. Exactly. And that can and, be who that is. Yeah. And the truth is like, it's just, I it's so sad to see people doing something they hate and make them feel gross for a paycheck. Well, Tara, this is the last question I have for you, Chris. I want to talk about you're now transitioning to some charity work. I am. You talk, about, talk about what that's going to be like for you. So, I mean, just in my life in general, I stopped trying to be an actor, stopped trying to be a YouTuber, and I just want to be a producer for myself, and I want to start putting myself in the positions that I want to see someone as myself in. So, I'm 
the social media influences. Cool. Why do I need to talk about eyelashes? Why can't I be volunteering for the LGBT center? Why can't I be feeding the homeless? Why can't I be saying things are wrong? Why can't I be that counter perspective in people's lives? And that's what I will be. Um, so I am in right now talking to a, a wonderful organization, Camp Floral, who does a free camp for, um, they do separate terms, but one for transitioning LGBT transgender children, mm -hmm. um, where they give them a week right. of camp in Big Bear, and one for children oh born God. with AIDS. And um, for the LGBT one, I am going to have a small workshop where I start teaching how to cover the blue area and just how to help it feminize or masculinize yourself, because I do play in that fun, yeah. like I do everything. And, and for the AIDS one, I don't care if I'm scrubbing toilets. But, you know, it, the more volunteers they have, the more kids they can have. So no matter what they need me to do, I'm going to do it. And, guys, this Glamazon makeup queen will teach you how to fly fish more than you ever know. I said, this Glamazon queen will teach us how to fly fish and uh, oh, do yeah, something you I never know about. Yeah. I love nature. I love nature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, um... And that's one thing, too, like, uh, we had the conversation earlier about the right side. I was like, we can't judge people based off being Republicans or Trump supporters or who they voted for. You can, because I was in there. I was raised by it. And I, the most beautiful people in my life, the most accepting people I've ever had in my life, my parents, gorgeous people, will fucking, sorry, I heard radio, um, will you have tooth and nail to defend not only me, but my relationship, but my fiance as well. But they sit on the Republican board. Voted yeah. for Trump and did that. And, and, you know, and now they see a lot of the, the evil of it. But the truth is, like, I stand for that. It's not hate and hate causes more hate. Let me listen Love to that. you. Let me talk to you. Right. Let me understand you. Yeah. Let's, so, uh, um, speak about this. But, yeah, um, I just, I had a very fun Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I was the dirty, stinky kid because I was always outside playing clubs. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I still do. I love it. I want to participate with that. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We only have about 20 minutes left. Author J.D. Horn, been on the show quite a few times. Enjoy it. The thing I like most about you is your character settings, your characters themselves. Give everyone a reminder a little bit about your, your locales and talk about your book today. Well, as I said earlier, I'm still a creature of the South, and um, my books have all been set in the South. Um, the first was a, was a series set in Savannah, Georgia, on um, a standalone set in Mississippi in 1953. So you can imagine the happy one. I love that. Um, and then my new series, which, Club Time, my end of the series comes out next week, a week from today, the final days of magic. Woohoo! Woohoo! Great. Um, yeah. Thank you. And um, it's, uh, it's set in New Orleans. And so uh, it's um, actually I hate New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> how can you hate? I'm kidding. I'm allergic to seafood. Oh, and if I go to New Orleans, I'm allergic to shellfish. Oh my gosh! Because oh. he would die. I would get off the plane and die. Don't even, don't even, don't even pick up my book. Well, don't go. <laughs> but I wanted to go. We're gonna have shellfish. I can live off the cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Oh, some people have. I actually, I went to this wonderful talk last night, shout out to Charlie, um, mm -hmm. about social activism in literature, which is kind of what you say you're always looking for, um, to find a message in what you're doing. And 
Um, part of what the problem with social activism and literature is that most of it is done in literary literature, which has a smaller um, readership than genre uh, mm-hmm. literature. And I'm a genre writer, so I always try to put some sort of message, um, hopefully not too loud or too clunky, in, um, to my books. And so I have, um, like, the last series um, – I, what I promised the publishing house is so difficult when I delivered it. I thank God my editor said, go for it. Um, I promised them this nice little heterosexual girl who was going to have an adventure, and I ended up coming up with a very dark and um, family-challenged lesbian. And she, Love my her. character came out to me. I mean, that's just like oh. she wasn't working, and finally she's like, I don't want to date that character because he's a guy. It's like, you know, and so it's been great because I ended up getting to write um, – Basically, a lesbian romance. There's oh. three books. Oh, you know, is there a place we can pre-order it, or is you can pre-order it like any other on my site, Amazon, Amazon all the border. yeah, blacknovel.com. Um, we need that. And if you and then do we need to make it a movie or yes, yeah, I was hoping you're going to propose that. Can exactly. I play well, the we're going to read that. Don't man. man. He is I mean, the man. That's all I'm doing. We'll talk. But right. I, my favorite thing in the world is when someone says, "I got your book at the library," because I. Of my career. <laughs> I don't even know I have a career. 
Make my book into a movie and you can be 17, okay? I'll go as well. Oh, I'll, I'll be wherever I need to be. You're writing it, but you're directing it, and you're starring it. There we go. There we go. I get producer credit. It's my producer. I see it. So now you're saying you should just. You're finishing up this series. What's next on? What's on the horizon? Um, it's funny. I just wrote a very nervous breakdown style um, email well, to my agent yesterday, <laughs> saying exactly that. Like, yeah, I have this idea. I have this idea. I have this idea. And none of them are working. What do I do? So um, I really don't know. I was intending to make um, try to make a genre opt into um, sort of more mystery women's fiction, but. Um, I have been struggling on the same book for like eight months, and I just don't think it's going to happen. So I don't know what is next. But well, hopefully, no mystery women. Well, you know, I've, I've been, always been this. You're just going to have to switch to producer. <laughs> <laughs> we got to the after the I've been a mystery <laughs> to women for <laughs> very long time. So I just, I just, <laughs> uh, what? It'll always show you'll be walking down the street going, what? <laughs> All right, well, guys, we only have about seven, only about seven more minutes. So I want to wrap it up. Let's uh, finish up. Um, Billy, Billy Club's going to be tonight at Quad. Exactly. I'm going to be talking about everything about myself. There you go. <laughs> and then tomorrow <laughs> we're going to see a screening of Baby, Baby Jane, my first feature. And that's going to be where? It was made in San Francisco. And I was born. Oh. Debbie? Is her name Debbie? <laughs> Debbie? 
I'm following you right now. All right. Now. Well, guys, we have had a fantastic day. Thanks for being on the Straight Show. I really do appreciate it. Great time, Hadbell. Next week, guys, tune in. We are going to have more of the Big Gay Road Trip in Palm Springs at the beautiful Indole Resort right here in Palm Springs. We are going to have next Monday from the Sorted Live franchise, we're bringing Del Shore and Emerson Collins down. Stand-up comedian Justin Martindale is going to be joining us. And there's going to be more people as soon as I can get my computer to work. Uh, we're also going to have um, Matt Wall will be on. We're going to have a comedian Jason Stewart on. He's a brand new book coming bad. out. So be sure to listen in to Left the Straight Show live from Palm Springs every day. Go to iHeartRadio. Please subscribe and follow. We won't cut that much for the next couple of weeks. We're learning. It'll be just a little bit. And, uh, guys, thanks for being part of the Left the Straight Show. Thank you. for having us. Wonderful. Chris, thank you for being in Ohio for us. Thanks, Chris. Come out next time. Wait, you're wearing Chris now. He is. He's sitting there. Chris is a handsome young man. Chris just graduated college. Handsome young man. Going to be an amazing writer. And just leave wherever you live. Yeah. There we go. There You're going to do it somewhere else. All right. Chris is going to play us out to live at Casey Lansdale, what we're all going to do tonight, living in the moment. Guys, thanks for listening to Left the Straight Show. Follow us next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Later, everyone. Easy to get off track. Easy to lose your way In a world that makes you believe There's no time to wait That you gotta have it all better